News and interviews from your community every morning on WKOK Sunrise on News Radio 1070 WKOK and WKOK.com. Thank you so much for joining us on WKOK Sunrise. Mark Lawrence here. Rob Sanders on the other side of the glass. So with that, we welcome back to our studios. Steve Beatty is back. He's executive director of Cedar Cog's Joint Rail Authority. We just interviewed him uh, over the past, well, over the course of the past two years or so on the big uh, improvements in Hoofnoggle Park and in Lewisburg and the floodplain and sort of the right sizing and fixing of the waterway that goes through there. And uh, very knowledgeable. You, let's see, you've worked for private uh, engineering firms over the years as well? Yeah. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. Um, yeah, since 1998, I worked for multiple engineering firms before working for the borough of Lewisburg and now executive director of the JRA. Yeah, we're going to focus on the Joint Rail Authority, but I, I want to talk for just one minute about you. <laughs> I just think you're just a super great guy. And uh, let's see, MBA, you're, so you you bring a lot of uh, academic credentials to Cedar Cog. Yeah, I uh, graduated with an MBA at the Bloomsburg University back in uh, 2018, so I was one of those non-traditional students, but what a great experience. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just funny. It used to be a, a real anomaly. When I went to Penn State back in the 80s, I did. I actually saw very few students who weren't sort of in my age bracket, but now it's much more common, so good. You, so you got that going on. Okay, so you bring that kind of smarts to the Joint Rail Authority, and just your reaction to being there, I I just have always pictured you as one of those sort of, I take this modestly, but a genius at what you do, and uh, but this is a super big job, so this is your time. Yeah, well, I do appreciate the compliment. It, it really is just about diving in deep and working hard, you know, believing in the mission, and the mission of the Joint Rail Authority is, you know, exactly what I've been doing over the years, which is, you know, fostering and, and developing economic development in central PA, we do it through rail service. And the preservation of rail service in the valley is very, very important to our industries. All right. So the way that you'll attack this, uh, will this be sort of analytical where you get off the spreadsheets and you look at wh where you're making money and, and where maybe something's costing more than it should and lists of uh, capital expenditures in the years ahead, sort of a to-do list for the decade ahead? Well, a little bit of both. Um, you know, we're, we're a public municipal authority, so we are here for the public. And in our case, you know, our, our, our public is industry that needs freight rail. On top of that, we're, we're here for a long time, so we have a long view. And, and you're right, you know, what, what does a JRA look like in 10 or 20 years from now? And so looking at our capital improvements um, and our, our master plan for those capital improvements, you know, that's long-term, but then short-term, we just have to look at cash flow. How are we going to pay month-to-month, year-to-year for those capital improvements? All right. So, yeah, maybe that's uh, half of it is uh, sort of uh, just a current manager to <laughs> take good care of things. We all have probably seen somewhere, someplace, an abandoned rail line or abandoned railroad trestle. You want to make sure that yours looks just the opposite of that at all times and is, you know, in perfect condition. And at the same time, 
uh, I think a big part of this job is to make sure that you're leveraging all the available helps from state and federal government. Oh, indeed. We, uh, we partner, you know, from our local communities. We partner on projects with them and then all the way up to the state and federal level. And then, of course, partnering with our customers. Okay. And uh, uh, then... Uh, Let's well maybe let's go back to the beginning. Joint Rail Authority, tell us what it is. You know, hundreds of miles of rail track and a lot of different segments throughout our area. Yeah, yeah. So um, as I said, we're a municipal authority. So we were established uh, on June twenty eighth, nineteen eighty three. So we're coming up on forty years as the Cedacock Joint Rail Authority. Our first um, rail delivery occurred on August 1st, 1984, so it took about a year or so to get the house in order and to partner with a rail operator that uh, actually delivers, you know, rail cars to our customers. And, you know, back then in the early 80s, we were first established through five counties, and that's Center County, Columbia County, Montour County. Um, Northumberland County and Union County. And then in, in the years since, we've added Mifflin County, Clinton, Lycoming, and then just last year, Snyder County, with the purchase of the Seals Grove Industrial Track out to Kramer. All right. Yeah, and if you've ever been to Seals Grove, that track is still used. You know, you still yeah. see, I uh, wouldn't say it's every day, but certainly, uh, you know, a couple times a week, I would assume something along that line. All right. And just to be clear to our audience, I think of you as the railroad tracks. You don't own any locomotives. Right? No, we do not. Okay. So you don't own any locomotives or train cars, but you own the tracks. And comes with the tracks. How many how many railroad bridges do you know? Oh, boy. <laughs> now, that I, I cannot tell you how Not many yet. bridges. We have plenty. Um, and I can tell you right now we're in the middle of a nine-bridge nine rehab project that's across the system. Uh, a local one to be rehab will be our bridge over Fishing Creek, just below the fairgrounds in Bloomsburg. Okay, so you, you get some improvements done there. But uh, I want folks to know that some of your bridges are probably eight foot over a little tributary that you can't just, you know, back in the day, you couldn't just block it. And other ones are like Fishing Creek. What's that, about, uh, you know, 200 feet long Oh, or that's so? probably about right. And, of course, you know, we we own a bridge across the Juniata River down in Lewistown. We have the bridge across the, Sus the Susquehanna River at Sealands Grove and a few other large bridges. Okay, so you're the tracks and the bridge and the switching and the buildings that go along yes. with all of this. Yep, so we own the engine houses, um, of course, all the gates and signals, at, uh, road crossings, all the bridges, all the culverts. There's a lot. All right, and I always I just call all of the short-line railroads the North Shore Railroad, although they have many other names at each location. That's a separate entity. They are one of your customers. Well, the... What what the the JRA is a perfect example of a public private partnership, and so of course the the Joint Rail Authority is the public entity, and then the North Shore is the uh, private entity, and uh, through an agreement, um, the North Shore Railroad is the one who provides the labor, provides the engines, and does the maintenance, the everyday maintenance on our tracks. 
Okay, so that's something they'll do. So they're like we always get an advisory when they're working on a crossing somewhere. Yeah, exactly. You know, they'll tell us that that kind of thing is happening. So how would you describe the relationship in greater detail then? You take great care of the tracks, and or you own the tracks, but they get involved in a lot of the track maintenance. Yeah, they're, they're doing the everyday maintenance. They're doing all the inspection work um, on both the tracks and the signals and gates. Um, and and the relationship is really great. You know that that is a super great group of people at the North Shore, and together, you know, we're delivering rail cars every day. All right, so let's talk about what's happening on the tracks. Give us our audience some sort of a sense of the uh, business that's conducted on rail line around here. Yeah, so I think the important thing to understand is we are a short line and what a short line is is basically the first mile and last mile you know uh, in logistics and and so the class one railroad which is norfolk southern through here and that's the main line the sunbury line um you know running up from harrisburg and heading out beyond lock haven so the north shore delivers our cars to our various rail yards along the route and then we're taking them those last few miles um, so we have about a hundred customers depending on the season across all six railroads um, those hundred customers employ twelve thousand six hundred people roughly uh, which is important so many of those industries would not exist without rail service or generally they can't exist without rail service um, we topped last year over twenty one thousand carloads and another interesting um, fact maybe you've heard is you know, one rail car load is four trucks. So we're keeping over 80,000 trucks off the highway each year. And that's a big deal because that means less trucks in our communities. Well, in locomotives, it's, it sounds counterintuitive, but ridiculously fuel efficient for what you're Very. accomplishing. Yep. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, you, you spend the amount of diesel fuel that you would on one of those truck trips, but you get four truckloads out of it. So that's happening. What do, what do you tell the public about the Cedacock Joint Rail Authority that you want the public to know? Well, I, th I think we, we want folks to know that we are here, um, you know, for the retention, improvement, and expansion of rail service in the Valley. We want folks to know it's a competitive advantage in the Valley that we exist here, and many industries seek us out and try to locate within uh, one of our six lines because of our incredible service and consistency. Uh, and that's that's super important, obviously, to run a business. They want to know when uh, their rail cars are showing up and they're going to show up on time. And new rail sidings, that's one of the customer services that you do. When 100% appropriate, you make sure that folks get a siding at their industry or their business. Yeah, and that's where we'll partner with the businesses, and a lot of times we'll bring the Commonwealth into it. The Commonwealth has a uh, grant program annually that uh, helps private business because this is much different than uh, you know building a building a loading dock for a truck at a at a uh, site. It's very expensive to bring in uh, a rail siding, so. Yeah, it's got to be done right and on the right foundation with the right underpinning and the right ground underneath and and, and the right erosion or not, or the right uh, uh, stormwater yep, plan drainage, and yeah. you know everything everything's got to fall together. He, if you 
if you knew what goes into putting in a rail line today, it's a miracle we have all these rail lines in the U.S. <laughs> it, it actually is. And you're right. There, there are a lot of abandoned rail right-of-ways, obviously a lot of rail trails today. Um, and, and we run on a different network today than we did 100 years ago. And a lot of that 100 years ago was all about competition. One company trying to outdo the other company, so they'd run tracks parallel, you know, to the other company, and and those days are over. Um, but we're, you know, we're maintaining a good network here uh, in the valley, and and it's serving us well. All right, we are talking about the Cedar Cog Joint Rail Authority, and uh, what two hundred plus miles of track? Yes, uh huh. About two hundred twenty. Two hundred twenty miles of track, and uh, getting larger and the amount of track by a few hundred feet from time to time. So that's what we just yeah. talked about, new rail sidings that get constructed. So we're going to talk about that, how they interf- interact with Norfolk Southern specifically, and uh, concerns, uh, what concerns you in the years ahead, maybe what is a threat or a concern for the Joint Rail Authority. And people have concerns, too, so you talk about that. After East Palestine, Ohio, you had an opportunity to talk to us a tiny bit about sure. you know those kind of things, hazards and so on, and making sure that the rail are up to speed uh, for the uh, cars that are on them. So we'll talk more about that. Uh, when we come back, we're talking to Steve B., the executive director of the Cedar Joint Rail Authority. We'll continue our conversation at 740. Your Money Now is next. Politics, sports, entertainment? Yeah, we've got that. It's WKOK Sunrise on News Radio 1070 WKOK and WKOK.com. And thank you so much for joining us on WKOK Sunrise. Rob Center is on the other side of the glass. He's making sure that uh, we stay on the radio and our podcast page gets populated by the new program shortly after it's recorded. How's that for alliteration? <laughs> Do that ten times fat. All right. Steve Beatty is with me. Uh, I'm glad to say we're an acquaintance. I, th- I think we're friends. He's executive director of Cedar Cog Joint Rail Authority. We're getting an overview of the JRA $65 million operation, something like that, the whole shebang. Mm, that's a good question. I, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I suppose if you added in the operators' revenues and all of that, I can, you know, our our operating uh, budget is about two point eight million at the Joint Rail Authority, hmm. and then on top of that, uh, this year we're I think going to be around. Uh, eight and a half million in capital improvements. So that's our budget for capital. And I think considering what you do, the huge footprint that you do and how you're pivotal for hundreds and hundreds of uh, uh, people along the way, what do you say, 12,000 employees? Yeah, over 12,000. Yeah. Served by the companies that are served <laughs> by yeah. the Cedarcock Joint Rail Authority rail lines. And so just a, a massive impact on our area, all positive, reducing the number of trucks that are on the road and uh, making sure that uh, uh, track and crossings are safe and all this sort of thing. Let's talk about concerns and uh, safety. Uh, I'll start at the top. East Palestine, Ohio kind of gave high-speed freight rail a a bad name, but uh, tell us how different that is from what the kind of business you do and, and that the Joint Rail Authority does. Yeah, what happened out in East Palestine is, you know, unfortunate and just awful. Um, Tough for the community, tough for the railroad, um, just everybody, bad for the industry. And, you know, that was Norfolk Southern. That's a Class 1 railroad. I believe there's seven Class 1s, 
going to be six uh, shortly with another merger. And Class 1 railroads are the long haulers. They're the ones moving freight from, uh, you know, California all the way over to the East Coast and vice versa. And, you know, they're they're the ones pulling the two-mile-long trains and um, going incredibly fast. You know, those, those trains are operating 50 to 70 miles an hour, depending on the track classification and so forth. Where the JRA were much smaller, and you, you see us lumbering down the tracks, going through the downtowns of, you know, Sunbury, Shemokin, uh, Northumberland, uh, you know, Lewistown, et cetera. And we're operating at about 15 to 20 miles an hour. And, you know, the law of physics is just different when you're, when you're running at those kind of speeds. And I'll give you, for instance, out in Ohio, you know, one of the main culprits in their investigation relates to um, an overheated bearing on, on the wheel of a, of a car. And generally, a bearing can't overheat at 20 miles an hour or 15 miles an hour. Something terrible would have to happen to to have an overheated bearing at that low speed. So, you know, fundamentally, it's just different in, in how we're operating and, and what we're doing here in the Valley. All right. And plus, um, stacked trains aren't have to be stacked weighted correctly. You can't have a, a dozen heavy cars in front of a dozen empty cars. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that that's some of the things they're looking at. Um, and and we'll, we'll, we'll probably see some new regulation out of these latest derailments. And, and some of those regulations are smart. And uh, one of them will relate to where empty cars and lighter cars are placed uh, in the train, and and where the you know where they are related to the distributed power on the train and so forth. So, a, a lot of engineering, a lot of physics involved in that decision making. But again, here at the at the JRA in the North Shore, you know, we're not operating under those same kind of uh, constraints and so forth. Well, you're not going 70 miles an hour no. either, so that's a big thing. I mean, <laughs> if if one of your rails, which your rails are hyper inspected and maintained and tested, uh, but if if something gave way, it just big loud clunk off off it goes and it just sits there. Yep, right? pretty much. You know, you know. Yeah. Um, lots of folks are concerned about this plastics company that's coming to Point Township, um, the potentiality would exist that you would be the rail uh, company serving them. As you monitor that, what's what's the JRA's view on the potential for more hazardous uh, materials on the rails? Well, we 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 generally try not to wade into uh, you know should or shouldn't it be. You know, we're here to serve it if Encina uh, comes to our community. I think it's important also for folks to understand that uh, often, you know, railroads don't carry hazardous material because they want to. Um, federal regulation requires us to. We, we must. And then often a lot of uh, hazardous materials are, are in essence born in a rail car. They go from the manufacturing process and, and they're not put in some large tank of lagoon at the factory. They're directly put into rail cars and that's the storage of the material. And, and it only can live in a rail car. So, you know, 
and and for good or bad these are the chemicals that we're using every day this is what creates our quality of life some way or somehow or makes life affordable for us and so forth so you know we're doing it in a much much safer manner than the truck industry and i think what's important is you know those 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 hazardous trucks are also in our communities every single day. All right, and you're in 100% in compliance with federal and state regulations and and gobs and gobs of them? Absolutely. So the FRA, Federal Rail Administration, um, is in our business, so to speak, often, and working with the North Shore, you know, they're out inspecting and making sure that we're, we're living up to the letter of the law, which we are. Um, we generally don't have issues, and if a small issue or something was noted, it's corrected that day, and, and we're talking really small, small issues. What's working against the Cedarcog Joint Rail Authority? What's the headwind that you're bucking these days? Maybe it's weather. You mentioned that. That kind of, you know, freeze-thaw might be a factor. What else? Yeah, well, certainly flooding on our lines is almost a perennial issue now. Somewhere on our network, you know, across our eight counties, there's a microburst in the summer that's going to cause a a flash flood. But, again, we know when those are occurring, we're watching. And before sending a train out, we're sending a maintenance crew out to check the rails and so forth. Um, you know, uh, public perception is one of our headwinds for for certain, and you know, it's about educating folks and getting them to understand um, what the rail services is about, how we do it, and our lengthy safety record uh, doing it. And then beyond that is just making sure we can provide rail service as efficiently uh, and economically as possible. And, and, and that's to support our industry, because if, if we can efficiently deliver rail cars um, or partner with our industry to think of a different way to bring their materials, their either you know the raw goods coming in or the finished goods going out, um, and is there a different way we can do this to lower their, their cost per unit um, and so forth. So... And then, of course, is capital improvements. Um, you know, maintaining a railroad and and a lot of our infrastructure is old, very old. You know, I was out high railing a couple weeks ago, and we which is when you're in. You say it's when you're in the pickup trucks yes. that ride pretty high off yes. the rails because of the way the wheels are set up. Yeah, the exactly. Rails. And right, it gives us access into is you that, know these very rural areas. Is that fun? Uh, it's tremendous fun. No, so I probably I shouldn't thought. admit that, right? I know. It, it doesn't gonna... feel like work some days. All right, but so you're doing track. Yeah, so monitoring. we're we're with our uh, maintenance of waste supervisor at the North Shore, and we get out, you know, and we're we're looking at various things and and important uh, aspects to the railroad, but. You know, I noted that one of the rails is 1925. Mm. Um, you know, and this is well-built steel, um, and it can live longer than that. But it, it just goes to show you that, you know, a lot of our bridges are uh, very old. Our rails are old and so forth and switches. So we're on a constant um, vigilance to update, rehab, and replace. 
All right, and you test the bridges and so on to make sure that they're not uh, deflecting too much and that they're bearing the weight and that the the underground structure is still the same as it ever was, and so that's fantastic. Yeah, those bridges are inspected annually, just like a highway bridge. All right, well, Cedarcock Joint Rail Authority has an open mic anytime. I just, if you want to get more education going, please uh, do that. Uh, I'll let you close. Anything else to tell the public about the Joint Rail Authority? No, I don't think so. I mean, we're, we're proud of being here for um, 40 years in the Valley, and every year we're, we're getting a little bit better. Every year industry relies on us a little bit more. We continue to um, add companies to our roster. Um, you know, one of the newest ones, Button Propane, down on... Uh, Route 11 outside Northumberland, and we have a lumber company coming into Danville uh, this year, and and many others, and and that's what we're here for, you know, because with each company that comes in, uh, it's just better for our valley in a number of ways. Well, fantastic. Well, keep up the good work and stay in touch. Steve B, the Executive Director of Cedarcock Joint Rail Authority, with an overview of the JRA and their massive footprint throughout the central Susquehanna Valley. And uh, uh, they always say uh, the highways are the heart of the valley. Well, you're the lymphatic system, okay? You can't <laughs> live without you guys. So uh, I really appreciate you coming in. Thank you, Steve. Yeah. Thank you, Mark.